On this episode of Common Mystics, we reflect on our first extended road trip as mystic podcasters and what we've learned from the experience. I'm Jennifer James. I'm Jill Stanley. We're psychics. We're sisters. We are common mystics. We find extraordinary stories in ordinary places. And today, we're looking back on season two. Jennifer. Jill. Let's address the spirit that has been following us in a really strong way since we left Illinois, or began in Illinois, I should say. Uh Uh-huh. Uh huh. Our dad. Our father has been out of our lives since 1989. So I was eight. Mm-hmm. I was 16. Jen was 16 when he left. Yeah, and and we haven't had any interaction since. And we're assuming that he's he's passed over. That he's that he's dead. <laughs> I'll just say it indelicly. We we assume <laughs> that he's kicked the bucket. Um, but True. we have no proof of that. The only evidence we have is psychic in nature. Exactly. Dreams interacting this way, the way we work with our heavies on the other side. Our father apparently popped in. And what's weird about that, Jen? What? Is that we don't we don't really rely on our father <laughs> <laughs> for much of that. Right. So it was notable. Right. He wasn't a very reliable person. So our listeners know that we reach out to mom and grandma and other people all the time. All day, every day. Yeah. We call on them to guide us. They've passed over too. Our dad, not one of those people. Let's get right into it. Like I said, Jen and I yesterday had discovered another crazy dynamic to this whole road trip thing. Mm-hmm. Not only mm-hmm. was dad involved guiding us like in real time on the road, but when we sat down yesterday to discuss today's episode, it occurred to us that there are two really strong things going on here. Mm-hmm. Jen, please mm-hmm. explain what it is I'm speaking of. Well, if you look back at each individual episode, together we've identified two really strong themes that we didn't see at first, but now through the lens of dad leading us on this journey, it's pretty undeniable. So what's the first theme that we identified? Yeah, the first one is a strong theme of family. Well, okay, so if I look at, okay, the family theme, I'm assuming you're talking about independence, the Swope family, right? Right. Where Dr. Greed, give me a recap of that. Oh, well, the Swope family was a wealthy family, and Francis, the daughter, married a man named Dr. Hyde, and because Mm. Francis was going to inherit the family's money and because it was going to be split evenly amongst the siblings, he systematically started killing off members of that family. Okay, sounds crazy similar to Osage County. Tell me about that one. Exactly, because in that one, we have another family in Osage County, Oklahoma. This one is Osage, um, the Burkhart family, and they have head rights, which (gasps) are very valuable. And, Mm -hmm. And one of the husbands, Mr. Uh, Mr. Molly Burkhart. I don't remember his first name. That's fair. No, let's just go with Mr. Molly. He doesn't deserve a name. He and his uncle. And his brother. And his brother were systematically killing off the members of the family. So that he would inherit the fortune. Mm. Yes, Mm -hmm. very, very similar. 
Okay, so now we also have a different example of a family, the Bender family. <laughs> that is a different example of a family. <laughs> you know, technically, I really psychically do not believe that they were related at all. So tell me, how does that fit into our family theme? Well, whether or not they were actually a family related by blood, they lived as a family and they killed as a family. I mean, I see the Benders as a great example of like dysfunction times 50. Like I can't think of a more dysfunctional family than the Benders were killing off people who are going through that trail. It was the Great Osage Trail, right? Right. Well, that wasn't far from their land at all so that they could rob them and then sell their belongings. So, okay, so tell me a little bit about the Shannon Fisher feud out of Washington County, Arkansas. Tell me how that figures into our family dynamic. Well, I think obviously you've got the two family groups. You've got the Shannons and you've got the Fishers, and they're both... Not only are they at odds in this crazy conflict over a $30 bet, but both families end up being damaged or destroyed by the decisions made by a couple of members of each. And just really quick, in those four examples that we just discussed, you have families who are broken, families who are damaged, families who are dysfunctional. Right there. (laughs) I know, right? Hand me a tissue. (laughs) Okay. What about, um, should we go to Nebraska City next? Oh, Joe Jesse James? Sure. (laughs) Joe Jesse James. Uh, Yeah. Chase. What? Joe Jesse James Chase. That's his name, right? Joe Jesse Chase. Joe. (laughs) You're right. Joe Jesse Chase. I was like, there's so many words here. Yeah. Joe Jesse Chase. Tell me about him and Uh, tell me about that family dynamic that fits into the family theme. Well, well, here we take a little bit of a turn and it goes from like large family units and takes on a little more individual like father son relationship type themes. Mm. Because here you have Jesse James, this famous outlaw who had a son named Joe Jesse Chase in the Devil's Nest territory where the Sioux people were living. And he's totally not recognized. He's not recognized by Jesse James himself. And he's not recognized today by the history books or the, Mm. you know, Wikipedia or many of the uh, popular places where people, you know, get their information. He was basically fathered and abandoned by this man. Mm. Sad story, Joe. Okay, Jen, from Joe Jesse Chase, we go straight to Kalkaskia, Illinois, our first story we found. Kaskaskia. Kaskaskia, Illinois, our first story we found on the road trip. How does that fit in? Yeah, this one is a little different from the rest because instead of of um, a father figure, we have a mother figure here. And mm. it's all about Marie Jean the enslaved woman who was accused and tried for murdering her child. Now, you and I don't even believe there was a child. But if you if you look at this story another way, it's not only about that and about a mother and her relationship with a would-be child, but the way the laws at the time led to the destruction of the family unit of enslaved peoples. 
the noir code that you had described in that episode where the status of the ownership of a slave really meant if their mother was a slave and that dictated whether or not that being would be sold off and it's really the destruction of the family in that way mm. absolutely so we have another another example of a, a way a family could be and was destroyed i know sad Oof. what an uplifting episode jill <laughs> you found it <laughs> Um, and last with our family theme is the Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Speak to me about it. Yeah, the Amadon Affair out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Jill, this one is also tragic, but it, it has a hopeful ending and a hopeful message. Because even though Judge Amadon and his son were murdered by the the natives who were scouting in the area during the Dakota Wars. That's right. Even though they were murdered in that tragic way, it's the fact is that their murder alerted the entire community to flee. Mm-hmm. And so the the inhabitants did flee and there wa- there wasn't a massacre in Sioux Falls because of that. So in that way, you have Judge Amidon and his son kind of saving the rest of his family who weren't murdered by the natives in the area, who were legitimately upset and had legitimate beefs with, Mm -hmm. you know, the white people in the area. But nonetheless, that one, um, it was the last one. And it it had a more of a hopeful message, I think. Don't you? I like, well, I like the fact that in spirit, I really do believe that um, knowing the outcome of their deaths, they would have signed up for it, like for sure. And you know what, Jill? I was looking back thinking, are we just crazy? Like, do we just have, like, dad and family on the mind? (laughs) Like, are we looking for a theme that isn't there? So I went back to season one, and I just did a precursory look over the episodes – and it's not there. Like that family, it's just not there. I don't think this is a coincidence. I really don't. I love it- that you did that because yesterday when we, literally, we had this conversation yesterday about this episode and that was the, oh my God, yeah. moment that we realized yeah. that there are these themes uh-huh. and they're 10, we did not know that there were going to be 10 destinations, which is another weird weirdly- 10 stories. Yeah, 10 stories, Mm -hmm. 10 destinations. Yeah, very strange, very strange. Okay, so what we hit all that we identified as our family theme. But there's another. There is another and a more intriguing side of this. Tell us about the second theme and how it works within our own family dynamic. (laughs) Well, the other theme which three of our episodes from The Road Trip seem to fit into, is a theme involving mm, immoral, narcissistic men. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Shall we explore? Yeah. <laughs> should, should we explore that a little bit? Sure. And should we just call um, dad a dad at this point? Like, yeah. So our father, well, first we, you know, we, we allude to dad, but we don't really describe who he was as a person. So do you want to take? No, um, you do this better. You do this much better than I do. So our father, uh, let me see if I can find a picture of him up on my wall here. 
Oh, Are you going to read him as you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what would you like me to say? So our father, just to give you a, a visual, is 6'3", blonde hair, blue eyes, dimpled, sun-kissed man. Jeez, and he, take it easy, well, Joe. I'm looking at the picture. A little uncomfortable here. <laughs> oh, really? Beckworth? <laughs> Beckworth lover? Shut up. <laughs> his biggest strength was his charisma. He that's true. Dad knew how to talk to people and really convince people to his way of thinking. Yeah, he could win any anyone over. Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, honestly, I can see him doing it. We have mm-hmm. a video of dad talking to someone and I can see it happening. He was so good at it. <laughs> he was good. Jennifer's- he was a master. We we learned a lot from yeah, exactly. watching him quote unquote work. But um the 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 things about dad that you need to know, maybe listeners, as we explore this sort of immoral narcissistic men theme is one, he was a thief and two, he was a womanizer. <laughs> I'm just going to like put it out there. Right. So to recap, dad <laughs> embezzled a lot of money from his company and that's why he skipped down FBI. So thief, yes, but give some context. Like you a thief, the thief can be stealing some bread. No, this man like straight up stole a bunch of money and then hit the road. Next. Move. A womanizer? Do you want to elaborate on that? Uh, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. First of all, women would act the fool around our father. It was like, embarrassing. You couldn't go to so a restaurant without the waitress. You couldn't like, drive down the his, road. Their, their number. And he enjoyed it. Anyway, right. he got a anyway. lot of attention. Women threw himself. So, of course, he, he was like a kid in the candy store. And he was probably a narcissist back before oh. I even knew the word narcissist. For sure, dad was a narcissist. I would like, he is not diagnosed, but I feel very comfortable <laughs> Diagnosing giving my him. opinion okay. of my, yes, I believe that he was a narcissist. So... We have a story out of Callaway County, Missouri, about a man named Daniel McIntyre. How would he relate to father and his narcissism? (laughs) Well, Daniel McIntyre, if you remember that story, was a self-starter. He had a major role in starting the uh, Civil War aggression in his county in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was very much a go-getter, but he also had shady financial dealings. And, yes, he did. Mm-hmm, and he, as the inspector of the prison, he and his cohorts uh, made some decisions whereby they themselves would be beneficiaries of the prison's operations. Exactly. Again, kind of an immoral and shady thing. And the people of the community were, it was to their detriment because the prisoners, as you remember, were stealing suits and crashing parties and were running amok. And the citizens were like writing the local officials and yeah. writing in the papers like this needs they to were, stop. They were also assaulting people too. They weren't just stealing true their that, suits. True that. Yeah. You know, it just is so, it's like a cartoon to me. <laughs> <laughs> it really it, is the It's an incredible story. story. It is. It really, really is. And then we have my friend James Beckworth. I don't think mm-hmm. we have to talk too much more about this, except uh, honestly- With his crow leggings. <laughs> honestly, he he was a womanizer. He was definitely a rolling stone. He was a puffer. He the, All the puffery about his stories right. that he would tell about himself- that pretty much does it, does it not? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you're funny, Jen. She, the, when Jessica was listening, our sister Jessica was listening to the James Beckworth episode. She like called Jennifer and she was talking about how disturbed she was. So now Jennifer's really trying to put a lid on it. <laughs> She's like, you know, James, next, move on. <laughs> lastly, dear Dr. Menninger. Very good. It's the first time you've Thank said you. his name right. I know. I tried really hard. Okay, go on. Oh, this one, this one. So not only was Dr. Menninger a bad husband to his poor oh, wife, Grace. shitty whore husband. He was a womanizer to the extreme. And he might have been a talented doctor. He set up the clinic with his brother. But really, that clinic served as... And father. As, and, and father. That clinic served as uh, kind of an arena for his own sexual exploitation. Or as I like to say, sexploitation. <laughs> oh, look at you. I see what you did there. Um, I find this so disturbing because he was supposed to be the expert on trauma and how it plays out in a human psyche and how that leads to certain behaviors. And what he put his first wife, Grace, through was just so abusive, like 100%. Mm-hmm. And then I agree with um, you. Well, hold on a second. And then when he married his second wife, really erased any anything of grace in his own personal history. It's just like a blip and everything's about his second wife. But Jennifer, when did you because during the episode we had um, set up the outline based on your opinion was opposite of mine. When what was your opinion and when did that flip? Um, my opinion was that we were being too hard on Dr. Menninger originally. Mm-hmm. 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 Because <laughs> why I mean, did you, you feel that way? Because I was thinking of like Mad Men, like the show, and how mm-hmm. like the culture at the time in the workplace was that you drink on your lunch break and you pat your days. secretaries behind. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Ooh, and yeah. it was just like a given that, you know, what's it called? Sexual harassment happens at work. That was just mm-hmm. a given. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing that, that re- really made me flip on it was that whole, yes, but, yes, but he was a psychiatrist. Mm. He was a expert in emotional trauma. He was an mm-hmm. expert on deviant behaviors and deviant thoughts. And he willingly and um, purposefully played mind games on some of the people around him, most most often the women who whom he was trying to manipulate. And that, mm-hmm. for me, um, made me change my mind. I know you were wanting to fight with me, but I had changed my mind well, by the time we recorded. But you never told me. So <laughs> we had this whole outline based on our push-pull yeah, I know. opinions of it. And then it was like, you do? <laughs> you agree? I know you were all surprised. I was like, what the hell? Anyway. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that turnaround that you made. I think that that was well thought out. I can see I see Thank how you. you came around to it. Yeah, and I, understand I had to work it original. out. It was complicated. Yeah, yeah. It's complicated. It is complicated. You, because you don't want to judge people of history, people back in history outside of their time. Like, that's not fair. It's not fair right. to, t- like, pluck someone out of their culture and environment and all of the thoughts they'd ever learned you know, and judge them by modern day standards. 
A hundred percent, I agree with you. Yeah, but the so fact that he was the expert, yeah, and that he was creating the contact, he should have been healing people exactly. And he used that special knowledge and that expertise to really be abusive, not only towards women, but to the mother of his children and yeah. and Grace, meaning Grace. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to get off my high horse with that one. So what does that leave us? Leaves us with some questions that we have about, about these episodes. Yes. I do have questions. <laughs> <laughs> what is the most surprising take that you had on an episode where you like you were most surprised about your feelings of an episode all right I'm gonna answer and then you have to answer the same question I am I swear all right fine (laughs) I was most surprised by how protective I was of James Beckworth (laughs) wow wow like I know what honestly I swear to god I I swear to god I did not I should have seen this coming but I did not (laughs) I did not see this coming. And we had this conversation yesterday. This I, this is not what I thought we you did. were going to say. Okay, oh what about what did you think I was going to say? What did you think I was going to say? Kalkaskia. Uh, Kalkaskia. Kaskaskia? Yeah, I thought you were going to say Kaskaskia. Oh, no. I wasn't. No, I never <laughs> even thought of that. I wasn't surprised by my reaction. That was terrible. Well, the the amount that we learned, the context, oh. the noir code is what I thought would have been shocking oh. to you, that it was so, yeah, it was no, so I deep went. in the institutions of the time. No, I went more personal with it. What about you? Yeah, what you was did. the most surprising? Um, my feelings toward um, Mrs. Hyde's daughter. Francis. Maggie's daughter. Yes. Mm-hmm. I My ability mm-hmm. to um, learning her whole story, I had to mm-hmm. stop myself from being really harsh on her because mm-hmm. for real, mm-hmm. she ruined everything. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. She did. But mm-hmm. then I realized that she was – it was a corrosive control dynamic that she had with her husband, which is abusive. And when you're separa- separated from your family who gives you strength and identity and just isolated by someone who's gaslighting you, you can see how that can be spun out of control. Mm. So, okay. so I okay. forgive you, Francis. You done you done your family dirty, but I forgive you. All right. Next mm. question. Do you want me to ask you? Sure. What do you think Dad was trying, or why do you think Dad was trying to draw our attention to these types of stories? This for me, I I'm going deep on this. Oh, this is a deep cut. (laughs) I really think that in his way, he is trying to acknowledge the way that he damaged our family by his actions. Awkward, but also goose pimpies. I got him. So that's validation. Yeah, I can see that. And you? What do you think he was trying to call our attention to? You know so I am a very big believer in um, energy of certain situations still exist even generations down, right? Mm-hmm. And I think like when we were on our family road trip a couple years ago in 2019 with with Kim and Chris, I felt like we were doing healing work for our grandfather that we've never met. This road trip, I felt like we were doing healing work for dad. Mm. And I think that in retrospect, these stories 
kind of gave me a platform or a way to forgive him for personal things, not only that I experienced, but that my family, whom I love, experienced and was hurt by. Mm -hmm. So I think that that gave me a platform to do it in retrospect. But that is not... It's so deep and heavy and and mushy. That is so not what was on our mind when I was eating not double stuff, tacos, and <laughs> drinking. <laughs> like that's just not. But in retrospect, looking at this, I do. You, does that make sense? It does. And I think for people who do, who weren't on the road trip, when you say doing healing for dad, what you actually did is interacted with dad's kids, like you know family there that knew our dad do you know what right, i mean because we were traveling to topeka to meet our brother and our sister right. and exactly. they're the oldest of our brood right so they have the strongest relationship the strongest relationship right, the with strongest dad. and oldest relationship mm-hmm. with our dad that's a great way to put it yeah. So anyway, I th- so for people who didn't understand, that was healing. The actions that you took, that that we took to be together and to say those words that are hard to say, you know, and to to act in ways that are sometimes hard to act when you're with siblings that you know. That's right. You got history with, you know. That's right. <laughs> so I can do a whole podcast about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, which one of these stories do you really identify with for me? Like when you look at this list, <laughs> yeah. like which one pops out and be like, this is a Jilly story. Which one okay. is that? Okay. I have two. You have two? I have oh two. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I mm, think. Overachiever. <laughs> I think that you should really spend some time meditating oh, on your um, parallel to the Joe Jesse Chase story for your daddy issues, and this is going to be a surprise for you. Oh my God, Jennifer! What your mommy issues with <gasps> Maggie Swope? Whoa! Wow! Okay, okay. I'm going to take one at a time. <laughs> you don't have to respond. You don't have to respond. I'm just telling you. <laughs> All that is completely fair. I do love me some Maggie Swope. Like and for hate real. Francis. And hated but I came but I did come to the yeah, table yeah, yeah, being yeah, like, yeah. I get it. I get yeah. it with Francis. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. That's healing. That's mm-hmm. forward. Okay. All right. Um, Joe Jesse Chase, absolutely mm-hmm. I identify with. My mm-hmm. daddy. I you was were eight in, when he left. I was eight when he left and he never came back. And I was in line going to gym one day in school and someone asked me about the newspaper article dad was in and just that notoriety that my dad was a criminal. You know what I mean? Like I totally over identify. People called me and asked me about that too. Shut up. You never told me that. Well, what am I going to (laughs) say? Wow. That's crazy. I never knew that. Okay, do you want to know yours? Oh, yes, please. I feel like not I should really. do another one. I know You're it's going to be, be backwards. It's not backwards. All right, who is it? What is it? It's Sioux Falls. Why? Because you're constantly putting yourself last for people in your life that are a part of your family. Oh, my constantly. goodness. Do you want me to name? No, that's that makes me uncomfortable. Okay, I'm just going to say one thing. No names. When 
well, technically this is a name, I guess. When our mother was dying, so you were accepted and going to get your doctorate and mom got sick and you dropped out of this program that you've been talking about for like three years. If you remember when you and I drove to um, West Virginia, you're like, do you think I should get my doctorate? I'm like, yes, I think you should get your doctorate. And then two years later, you were getting your doctorate and that happened and you just signed off. You never mentioned it to mom. No, I didn't. Yeah. So no. that's well, she, huge. I mean, she, that... she she was dying. She had other things on her mind. I didn't want to put that on her. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But that's what I mean. Oh, I think that you're wow. very that that's mm-hmm. very surprising. Wow. Oh my God. Oh, what did you think you. I was gonna say? I don't know. Something mean. <laughs> I well, you brought up backward. I thought that was low hanging fruit. I was yeah, like, we I all mean, know. Yeah, yeah. You did like a half hour of like making fun of me about Beckworth already. So <laughs> All right, last question. Wait, no, I have one more. Oh. What stories make you feel uncomfortable? <laughs> I, I'll go first because I know what it okay. is. Ugh. Okay. Dr. Meninger. I was going to say that oh, too. Oh, he's so creepy. I swear to God. So I don't know why creepy. that's worse because Jennifer, mm. think Bender family. That's pretty freaking <laughs> upsetting. No. Like the John no. laughing. That's yeah, weird. I know but that Dr. Is upsetting. Men- <laughs> but Dr. No, it's Meninger. And it's because oh. it feels like dad. <gasps> it's creepy. Uh, you know, I don't know if it feels like, you know what it feels yeah, like, Dad? No, it I'll, feels no, like Dad's I'll tell person. you. I feel like it may feel like Dad, just like the, the nasty, like, sex thing, like, ha, ha, ha. But he's the owner of his I, own business, and he's, like, hiring hot girls, and then, like, yeah. That's true. I have a sneak, I have a suspicion that Mom did not confirm for me, but I'm pretty sure he slept with every woman that was that, Gross, like, gross, gross. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying... That that has been confirmed. That is just my suspicion. And is that um, the one that makes you the most uncomfortable too, Manager? That is, <laughs> yes, is the one. Right? It really right? is. Like, even though I'm like, I look at this list, and the Bender family should be like, "Hey, serial killers!" Right, right, right. No, it's Manager. Ki- no, Meninger. it's Manager. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I know yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's okay. our issues coming out right there. Oh yes. Did you um, have another question? Yeah, a couple questions. Um, what's your takeaway from this experience? Oh my god, I don't even know. I'm exhausted. That's my takeaway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we basically put ourselves on the line into the test, just getting in a car for a week and driving around the country. We could have came up with nothing. True, for sure. True. It's it's vulnerable. I think it. We have to be in a vulnerable space to be like, okay, we're doing this, and not feel like idiots. To be honest. <laughs> um, right? Yeah. Sometimes I still feel like an idiot when I do this. I think my biggest takeaway is we we set out to do this. We say this at the beginning of every episode to give voice to the voiceless, but it always comes back around to us. Oh, for sure. You know, it's almost like, it's almost like you know, that saying, um, it's impossible to give a good deed without getting something good back. If you do a oh. good deed- you always get something good back. And I, I love like, that. I feel like we we do this because we really do want to strengthen our abilities to communicate as as mediums with people who've passed over. And we do want to give voice to the voiceless and give service to those souls who, when they were on earth, didn't have their voices heard. But it comes back to us and our own healing. And I think that's 
what we're seeing. I think after this, I'm in a better position to forgive dad. Mm. And I never had an opportunity with him on earth to say, I forgive you, dad. Aw, that's nice. What about you? I think, <laughs> I th- I mean, I really do forgive dad. And not only do I forgive dad, but I was thinking about it today. I was in the car for a long time today for work, but I was thinking about um, what a privilege and um, and I'm so grateful to the opportunity not only to say to learn more about myself and my own healing process with dad, but also to be a voice for dad to say he could have done that better. He shouldn't have done that. Mm. And he recognizes mm. that his choices change so many lives and the, the trajectory of so many lives that that I may have not have thought of before this trip. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I do forgive you, Dad. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to skirt around that. It sounds like I have issues. No, Dad, I forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Book that appointment with Dr. Lisa. I know. I feel I feel gutted. I feel very vulnerable and like raw. raw right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is a safe place. <laughs> Why are you rocking? She's really rocking. Did you know you were doing that? Yes. No, okay. I was like, of. I was getting worried. It's <laughs> like Jennifer. When we set out to do this, I had no idea it was going to be all about us. But here we go. It was all about us. <laughs> oh my God, we're the narcissist. <gasps> Could be. It's Could a spectrum. Be. It's a spectrum. Hey Jill. And- <laughs> hey Jill, what are we doing for the rest of season two? Because we we kind of finished up our, our road trip series, but what's coming next in the next few weeks? So Jen and I had taken a trip to New York State that we are still researching stories from there. Turns out New York State haunted AF. And it's it's like real like the town that our sister Jessica lives in is legit, like just straight up haunted. Like you feel like you're in a haunted house when you're like walking down the block. So there's So that. we may have one or possibly two New York episodes, not sure yet, to come, but also a Halloween bonus. Yes? Yes. A Halloween bonus. And then what I didn't tell Jennifer today is that while I was Uh working my day job at Metro Recycling Solutions, I had the opportunity to meet (laughs) Tikai with (gasps) Miss Rita. No way! Yes! Yes. And I asked her, we had a long conversation and I asked her about my dream and the, my spooky ass dream. And I think that we're going to have a bonus episode with Tikai coming up. We'll talk about how that looks and what we're going to talk about. But she is friggin' amazing. And I love her stories. For our listeners, explain who she is. She is a, I'm just going to say, a psychic she is someone who practices in that kind of um, divination and those arts. She's an author. She's a storyteller. And she's she just has a an Facebook all- page where she tells she, stories. She does. And when I have that accessible to me, I will plug it. And she's just <laughs> okay. a wonderful person, like honestly, and it was, and very insightful. And I feel like it's another opportunity to take what we're doing and to level up with more context so we can be better mediums and people all around wow well that sounds fantastic are you excited (laughs) yes of course a few things coming up in the next few weeks and then we'll be done at the end of october for a much needed break i also have one more thing to tell you we wrap it up she's giving me the wrap um we have to go to commercial apparently but um (laughs) 
<laughs> but we have a bonus episode additionally on grief coming up during the holiday season. So we have Tikai and grief coming up in addition to the our Halloween episode and our two, possibly two destinations out of New York State. So we got five more, Jennifer. You're not getting rid of me. We got five more at least. All right. Sounds good. Tell the people where they can find us. Well, check out our website, commonmystics.net. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and our Twitter feed at Common Mystics Pod. You can listen in on Audible, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Tuned In, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, where you can leave us a positive review so other people can find us. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you and good night. Bye. Bye.